This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. As we move into conference tournament week, as we stare straight ahead at Selection Sunday. Here in New York, the Big East tournament uh, obviously uh, moves center stage this week. Uh, and, of course, the Knicks will be in action and can try to continue their winning ways uh, and their very impressive uh, streak. couple of things real quickly before I get to the emails. Remember, you can reach me at MikeFrancesaPodcast at gmail.com. That's at gmail.com. Today's an important day because you have until later this afternoon – to get your player signed, or you have to move on your tags as far as the uh, tag to lock up the player and and the negotiation. Now, remember, like let's use Daniel Jones as an example. The Giants can today tag him for put the franchise tag on him, which would be thirty two point four million. But remember, they can negotiate right up until July 17th. After July 17th, he plays on the one year, and he plays a one-year deal at 32-4, and all 32-4 goes against the cap. So it is an enormous cap hit. That's why it behooves the Giants. And to me, Daniel Jones, I'll get to that in a second, to get a deal done. The Giants... And Jones can hopefully make a deal today. I would figure somewhere around 160 million the same way. So again, you can pay him 40 million dollars a year. You can franchise him for 32. Yes, but the 32 will hurt you much more this year than that four-year 160 million dollar contract will be if Jones will play ball. Now, Jones has some responsibility in this. He deserves his contract, but. He's got to make the contract structured in such a way that it gives the Giants and him and his teammates flexibility this year to go out and sign free agents, to re-sign Barkley, to sign free agents, to get everybody signed and get rookies under the cap, everything done. The cap's at $224 million. He can do that by making that a contract that is favorably structured which would, to me, mean that somewhere around 100 or $110 million of the 160 would be guaranteed. That would give them some relief with this contract. That is something that look for today. If the Giants, if they get him for a dollar on the 160, I think they did really well. I don't think it goes much above 160. That would surprise me. Four years, 160 is about what you're talking about. But with the contract favorably structured to allow the Giants some, some financial flexibility this year to go out and sign somebody to help the team. So that Daniel has to be willing to do that so that it makes it 
better for him to have better players around him. They don't lose Barkley. They add wide receivers, that kind of stuff. The number would be 32-4, but it's all in 32-4. It all counts. Against this year's cap, that's it. It's all in. So it leaves them with very little flexibility financially. And it probably ends Barkley's career with the Giants. Because he's not going to sit for this, I don't think. Now, they don't want to franchise Jones. I think they would franchise Barkley. They don't want to franchise Jones. They want to get him signed to a long-term contract. Let's see if they can do that before this day is out. Emails, as we said, at podcast at gmail.com. Ravens are going through the same thing with Lamar Jackson. If you think they are going to trade Lamar Jackson, I think you're nuts. I think they are going to franchise him. I don't think he's going anywhere. All right, here we go. John in Jersey starts us off, has quickly finally emerged as a star in the league. Well, listen, he did have a coming out party in Boston the other night, a double overtime win. He played 55 minutes. He had 38 points with Brunson on the shelf. As a great game. If you look at this, he deserves to be carrying major minutes with Brunson in the backcourt. Allows you to utilize the rotation in different ways up front. But he deserves to play. There's no question about that. And deserves to play some very major minutes. I think he's, we know he's there to play, but now I think you'll see him take a more prominent role. But this is still Brunson's team. Randall's having a good year, but it's Brunson's team. Eric in West Hartford, have you heard anything about Patino to St. John's? No, I've heard a lot about Patino to Georgetown. I haven't heard anything about Patino to St. John's. I do think Rick wants to leave Iona. Iona's playing very well right now. They have to win this league this year. They didn't do that last year. St. Peter's became the darling. I'm sure that was tough for Rick to swallow. I mean, you know, St. Peter's was in his league last year. His team was a team that was the dominant team during the regular season last year, just like this year. And St. Peter's became the darling to America last year. So uh, he'd like to see that happen for his team. But I think he also wants to move up and take another shot at the big time where you have a legitimate program that can go to the final four. Uh, and there's been a lot of, lot of uh, talk between him and Georgetown. Joey Mails, all signs point to Aaron Judge batting second again this year. Um, last year, 40-plus of Judge's 62 homers were solo. Uh, move them down in the order, it's mind-blowing to me. Um, we get into these different things that the New World Order has brought into um, – has brought into the fold. Sluggers batting second is one of them. It's not the way I would structure my lineup. I want two guys in front of Judge. Now, I understand once the first inning is played, 
the batting order, in essence, is not really that important. I understand that. But I still want two guys in front of him who can get on base and can run. Good on base percentages and can run. That's what you want. Can score on doubles from anywhere. Can score, obviously, from first on doubles. And don't clog up the bases in front of him because he wants to run. So you want guys with at least a reasonable amount of speed and you want a couple of guys who understand their roles to get on base. That's what you want in front of them. And I would bat him third. It's just a, it's not something that should be keeping you up late. But I still believe the guy should bat third, not second. Now that we are seeing average NFL quarterbacks getting paid upwards of $40 million, that's not exactly true. You have probably when you add the couple of guys, like yesterday, Geno Smith got $30 million. He got a, a little over $30 million, uh, a year. He got 105 for three years. Think about Geno Smith, though. What does one year mean to a contract? And he had a great year last year. But he went from being a journeyman who was a career backup to get $105 million for three years. I mean, good for him. He really, he really hit it out of the park when you think about it. Uh, and he did play well. So give him credit. Uh, but right now there's about 12 guys making $40 million. There's about 15 guys making $30 million. And you got some guys like Wentz making $32 million, uh, Tannehill making $30 million. So I understand the premise that the quarterbacks get a lot of money. Hey, that's why it is such a blessing, such a strong thing for a team when you latch onto a quarterback who hits it big early in his career, uh, like a Mahomes, who is on that first year of that contract and can – it allows you tremendous cap flexibility to build a team around him and take a run of things. Trevor Lawrence, perfect example. With his maturation now, they are ready to win and win big. He's making $9 million. Burroughs is still on the first contract, making $9 million. When those contracts are up, those guys are going to be making 40 and $50 million. By then, probably $50 and $60 million. Burroughs' next contract is probably going to break $50 million. By the time Lawrence gets around to his second contract, he'll probably be making $50 million. That's the way the game is played. Second contract for guys who are considered top-flight quarterbacks, that's where they break the bank. That's where they get the big Big money. Now, Mahomes' money is reasonable because he signed a 10-year deal. They gave him $450 million for 10 years. So his one-year thing is wonderful. $45 million for Mahomes. Hey, hey, listen, $45 million for Mahomes. When I'm paying my guy $32 million, hey, it's a great deal. They paid him $450 million, though. They gave him a 10-year deal. But that's why the difference of being able to win early with those quarterbacks is such a blessing, and it allows you the best chance to put a great roster around a quarterback. After that, the quarterback has to help out. Give Carr credit. Carr 
made the contract friendly for a team that's in salary cap hell, which is the Saints are. He went there. He got his $150 million, but he made it a friendly contract that allows them some cap flexibility. That helps him in the long run. It's something Brady always did with New England. But quarterbacks on the second deal are going to get paid, case closed. And that includes Daniel Jones, who, like I said, the best worlds for the Giants and Daniel Jones is if he signs a four-year, four-year, $160 million contract, which I understand is $40 million a year, but that gives the Giants flexibility this year by how it's structured. Joey asks, now that the Saints sign Carr, do the Jets know something about Rodgers that we don't? Well, how would I know that? We all are in the same boat. None of us have any clue what Rodgers is doing. I would stake one thing based on just pure common sense, and that is that Rodgers is not walking away from $160 million over the next three years. Is not going to make that money anywhere else. I doubt he is walking away from three years at $160 million. That's just human nature. I don't think he's doing that. So I don't think he's retiring. Now, do I believe that Green Bay is steadfast about not trading him to an NFC team? I think it's something they are very leery about, yes. I think they would prefer to trade him to an AFC team. So the Jets and the Raiders, obviously, are the two teams in play. Or he stays in Green Bay. Brian Northport. Volpe needs to make the roster. He has earned the spot. One of the reasons why Houston is far and above us is because they are playing their young talent and showcasing them. No, it's not showcasing them. Their talent's good. Their talent is wonderful. These guys have come up and they become stars. They become mainstays. They become the middle part of the order. Diaz, Tucker, Alvarez, these guys became stars right away. If Volpe would show that he could be a star right away and take the job, hey, they're going to they're gonna bring him up. They're going to play him. He's got to take the job by the, by, you know, by the throat. If he can do that, God bless him. Adam emails, I know you're a big John Morant fan on the court, but what's your opinion on the latest off-the-court news? I would stress that you go to the last podcast, the one I did the other night after the Nick Celtic game. I did a whole thing on Morant, and I talked about what a precarious situation he was in even before I knew about the fact he might be looking at 50 games. He, it's what I talked about in more general terms because I did not know about the gun and what he had done with the gun at that time. I still don't know all the details of the gun and how it was transported, so I'll wait until we hear that. But the bottom line is Morant has had nothing but success in terms of on-the-court basketball, and product development. His sneakers are very successful. He's a big player for Nike. 
He's a major, major star right now, the biggest young star in the sport. But he has got to learn that it does not allow him to do whatever he pleases and what he has to realize, or he's going to learn a very, very tough lesson very quickly is that this can come thundering down around his head very quickly. And that $231 million for five years can be a thing of the past. And all that money off the court and all this riches and everything else that comes with it, celebrity and fame and fortune and everything that comes with the world being your oyster can stop very quickly. It is very hard for these guys not to get wound up in a life that is detrimental to what got them here and what will keep them here. Talent is not enough. There are, when you are going to have the kind of success that Moran has, there comes enormous responsibility with it. And also user caution because you can do whatever you want, but that also allows you to do a lot of bad things. And he is on the brink of really causing himself some serious harm. J.P. Huntington, if Tiger is able to get one more green jacket, thus tying Jack, uh, but still ultimately falls short of his overall major record, who is the goal? Well, if the idea is you're asking me who's the greatest golfer of all time, I think it's over. I, I don't think now it's ever going to change. I don't think Tiger's winning any more majors. Uh, when you watch him go around the course and see him play well for a couple of days, then see him on Sunday limp around the course and play terribly as a genesis and watch him limp off, um, I don't think he has four great major rounds left in him in a given tournament. I will be stunned if he wins another tournament of any quality. I will be completely stunned if he ever wins another major. I give him great, uh, uh, great credit to be ever standing on, to be even be standing on a golf course again, because it's taken incredible amounts of time and pains to and pain and effort just to get there. He was seriously injured. There were questions whether he would walk again. There were first questions for months if he would lose his leg. He has done a remarkable job just getting back. And it takes a lot, meaning a lot of care, a lot of equipment, a lot of round-the-clock work to even get him back on the golf course. I just think you're asking for too much. Tiger allowed the outside forces to keep him from setting records that would never be broken. He was about in 2000 to do that. The only thing that could stop him was himself, and he stopped himself. Something that the John Morant's of the world, and John Morant is not Tiger Woods, I'm not saying he is. Because John Morant, for all his given ability, has not reached that level that Tiger Woods reached. Tiger Woods reached the level that very few athletes ever reach.
total dominance. When you put performers, he ranks with the greatest performers in the history of this country. That's how special he was. But he ended that dominance himself with his behavior because nobody could tell him no. Zach emails, do you think you're being too hard on Julius Randall? Maybe. But let me tell you, it's much more difficult to be a guy who is a franchise performer willing to carry his team in the postseason than in the regular season. You can do it in the regular season because most of the time people don't care. The other team doesn't even care. In a postseason where everything is going to be dedicated over a series to stop you as the number one option on your team, that becomes a very difficult chore. He has been a very bad so far postseason player. He's been a very bad fourth quarter late game player. Now, lately he has turned some of that around. That's why I've talked about the Knicks turning around so many things that have plagued them. And that's what's made this winning streak so wonderful. But I still see, have to see him. I don't think he can be a number one asset if you're going to win. Do you think the Pats should stick with Jones, a quarterback? Um, they should unless they get somebody who can play better. It's simple as that. Listen, you never stop bringing in quarterbacks. I fully believe that because at worst, they're tremendous currency to trade and and tremendous, tremendous value to always trade. If you can pick up a quarterback on the cheap, he's it's like a good piece of real estate. It's always valuable. Um, if they get someone better, play him. If you don't, hey, the best you got. All you can do with the quarterback in the NFL is play the best guy you got. If you can get somebody better, get him. That's always the answer at quarterback. If you can get somebody better, get him. You only stop if you have a guy who is winning Super Bowls for you. Other than that, get him. The Yankees and Mets, both World Series contenders. The Giants and Jets headed in the right direction. The Knicks playing well. And the Rangers is a team that can make a run for the Stanley Cup. Well, that remains to be seen. I understand there's excitement for the recent acquisitions. But again, uh, let's not get crazy. Overall, is this the best the landscape of New York sports has been in the last 25 years? Well, you already know the answer to that. The answer is yes. It has been a very, very lean time. Okay? The Yankees who went to the World Series in 96, 98, 99, 2000, 01, 03, have been there once in the last 20 years. The Mets went once, that's it. The Knicks have been invisible. The Nets continue to disappoint. The Rangers one championship came and went, although they did have a couple of good years after that. They have not been able to come close to duplicate that one wonderful year. So, yes, 
Is this the best year in 25 years? Heck yeah. The Knicks are playing well, and now they count again. We'll see. We'll see if the pieces fit for the Rangers. And yes, the Jets and the Giants have taken that big step away from being terrible. Now they have to prove they can be legitimate contenders year in, year out. That's a much bigger step to take. They took big steps last year, much bigger steps to take now. Like the Jet defense, I think with the right quarterback, they could be very, very interesting. Especially if Hill's healthy and Wilson, and you just pop that offensive line back and smack that around a little bit and get that back together again, put the pieces in the right places. Ritz in Bergen County. Locally, the college hoop talk never includes Fordham. No, it doesn't. But they've had a good year in the A-10. Yes, they have. Can they make the NCAAs? They can if they win their tournament. Case closed. They can't go otherwise. But if they win their tournament, they can go to the NCAA tournament. Would that be a big deal? Heck yeah. Any of these local teams get into the NCAA tournament and they get a couple of days in the sun from when they get, from from when they win their conference tournament They get a week of basking first in that victory and the idea that they're going to the tournament. Then they get all the news about selection Sunday and and their opponent, and they get to build up into their game in the hopes of a Cinderella performance. And then if they ever do that, well, then they become St. Peter's. See, the tournament is a tournament inside a tournament. The first weekend of the tournament is about the little guys and about the coaches who coach those programs. And if you go there and you coach a mid-major, what we call a mid-major, and you make the NCAA tournament and you're an 11 seed or a 12 seed or a 13 seed or a 14 seed, and you win one game, you get noticed. You win two games, you get a new job. You win more than two games, and you have become a coaching star like we saw last year with the whole St. Peter situation. Two games, new job. More than two games, everyone in America knows who you are. After you're down to the Sweet 16, it's a new tournament, and now it's about who's going to win the championship. For some teams, it's about getting to the Final Four. For most of them, it's about... Can I win four games and win a title? That's what's left. You might have, on a given year, one, two, or three strangers in that Sweet 16, but most of those teams, 13 of the 16, on a light year, are teams that are not overwhelmed by being in the Sweet 16. They like being there, but again, their work is still to be done. For a couple of schools, they're there to take vows. That's the tournament inside a tournament. And this year, wide open. I mean, if you ask me, Houston's intriguing because they play very good defense. Their offense can come and go. 
But remember, they're going to play the Final Four in Houston. If they can get through games three and four, you figure they won't have any problems in games one and two. Games three and four, and then they're in Houston. Are they clearly the best team in the country? No. I think the best team in the country with their heads screwed on straight and the player in place is Alabama. But now they have a lot of stuff going on where I don't know if that'll be the case. Other than that, I think it's wide open. I think the team right now, if you put a gun to my head and said, pick a team right now, I'd pick UCLA. I think they offer more different ways to win than any team in the country. I think they'd be the team I'd pick right now. But again, it's a wide open year. Be the first to admit it. There are a bunch of teams that can win a championship this year. Most years we say that, but most years there's six or seven. This year there's more than that. This year there's more than that that could win the whole thing. Houston's had the best season, but again, remember, they don't play that many big opponents. They lost to Bama. They had a big lead in that game they lost. They lost to Temple by two points. The other day they played a two-pointer against Memphis and won it in the final seconds. They don't – see, they couldn't go in the Big 12 or the SEC and, win, and, and lose two games. It's, it's too hard. It's too hard on the road every night to, to win those games. You're not going to have a two-loss record in that league. Throwing some non-conference games, it's just impossible because you play too many teams that, that can beat you and too many teams on the road with, that can beat you. If I had to pick one of the teams at the top that I think is a little overrated, I think Purdue's a little overrated. Purdue is all about matchups. If you, get the, if you have the right type of team to match up with them, you could give them fits. Because when you're playing with a big man and you're so reliant on a big man, it impacts things. Why doesn't baseball consider having the World Baseball Classic after the MLB season is over and not during spring training? Now, use your noodle for a second. Number one, you're going to play an exhibition after your championship is over. Number two, always when you think about a sport, answer to yourself how it fits or think about an event. How does it fit from a TV standpoint? Does it come out when there's openings in the TV landscape where there's not a lot of events, so there's TV needs some sports? Or is it a time where, like the fall, where it's just jammed up with sports? You have college football and you have NFL and you have everything else going on. So, number one, it's after the World Series. Makes no sense. Number two, the players are beat up. They've had a long season and they're tired. They want to go home. Number three, TV doesn't want any part of it at that time. So I have to give you a fourth one. Those are three pretty dramatic ones right there. 
Bill in Jersey, I know these days quarterbacks get paid a ton. Yes, they do. They do on their second contracts. When they've proven themselves and they're on their second contract, they get paid a lot of money. And sometimes if they move right, they get paid early on. Like a guy like Wentz who, you know, had his moments and got his money. But the NFL has to recognize that a player like Daniel Jones potentially getting over $40 million cannot be good for the league. Nonsense. Utter nonsense. Come on. It hurt the league to have Tannehill making $30 million? Did it hurt the league? Does it hurt the league to have Carson Wentz making $32 million? There are guys making $30 million at quarterback that you wouldn't even, you never even thought of were making $30 million at quarterback. So the idea that Daniel Jones, who actually is a player, is going to get paid somewhere between 35 and 40 million is not that big a deal. I would give him four years, 160 million, and have him play ball with the structuring of the contract, which will give the Giants the ability to put players around him, including Barkley. That's the way this should go. The 32 4, obviously, he plays for less and he has to prove himself again next year, but. It also handcuffs the Giants from a free agent standpoint this year because they're going to have no cap flexibility. Just remember, they do have to July 17th, but it sounds like if they don't get it done today, they won't try to get a big contract done. They'll try, but it won't probably happen. But they can do it until July 17th. You hope they get it done today. And if they do, I think it's somewhere right around four years, 160. With a contract that is structured to give the Giants flexibility. We'll see you down below. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today wherever you get your podcasts.